Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast, season 16 premiere of the Real Deal Podcast, episode 910 all time. I am uh, excited to say the least to be with you for another season as we, you know, kick off not only another season of the Real Deal Podcast, but of course, look back at the opening weekend, opening week, uh, weekend. Uh, of the NFL season. And before we get into that, because we got plenty to do with the NFL, uh, I just want to thank everyone who has participated in the, whether you download the podcast, view me on YouTube, been a guest on my show. Um, it has been a honor and a privilege to, to uh, be able to express my passion and love for the world of sports and pop cultures culture for the last now 16 years and counting i'm looking forward to another 16 another 30 another 40 50 however long i'm on this earth to be doing this uh i love doing this i love communicating with you debating conversating um it's been nothing again nothing but a blessing and uh you uh my audience absolutely make this podcast uh make this podcast go and you know listen we um you know october 2008 uh we kicked off and didn't really know what i was doing and you know we was on a cell phone and uh we have come a long way from then through name changes guests uh you know did a couple remotes traveling um in regards to uh this podcast and uh like anything in life i will continue to evolve along with this podcast and so as i as i evolve this podcast will uh evolve so just thank you and um let's go let's get it season 16 nfl we're going to begin with themes don't overreact and it's still preseason so here's the thing i like i never react to uh week one so in week one what did we see we saw the cowboys Bengals, and chiefs right cowboys look great the Bengals look awful the chiefs the, the chiefs lost listen i love i love the fact that the cowboys even though i hate i dread the cowboys but i love the fact that the Cowboys won the way it did. It's a couple of things. Number one, allowed me to go to bed like 30 to 35 minutes earlier because that game was, what, 33 or nothing after three quarters. So I was like, you know, fuck this. I'm not, I'm not watching the fourth quarter. Are you kidding me? I need, you know, getting up there. I'm getting a little older. I need my sleep. So thank you. For, thank you, Dallas. Thank you uh, from that standpoint. And I, I just love the Cowboy fans who – just uh, oh gosh, you know we going to the Super Bowl. I love how they get their hopes up so high. You know, greatest defense, one of the greatest defenses ever. I love it. I I, I really it, it just it 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 has the like just just keep it going this way, keep it going this way because we know what's coming. We know what the we know how this story ends. It's like a horror movie. It's going to end terribly. Okay, <laughs> it's going to end with a thud. In late December or early January, we are we already know the book has already been written, so I'm not worried about the Cowboys. 
By the way, the Giants were awful in that game. The Giants were, that was one of the worst Giant performances at home historically ever. And it kind of reminded me of, I don't know, you know, I'm showing my age here. If you remember, there was an opening week one game, September 4th, 1995. And I, I, I specifically remember this game because that was the last year that the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. That was the last great Cowboy team with Aikman, Irving, and Emmitt Smith. And the Cowboys ran them over 35 nothing. That was on a what, Monday night, Monday night football, you know, with Frank, Allen, Dan uh, still in the booth. And uh, they beat the shit out of the Giants and Cowboys. The Giants, you know, did nothing that year. And the Cowboys, of course, won their last Super Bowl championship. Uh, some now, what, it's 2023. That's pushing. Ooh, ouch. It's been a minute, 30 plus years. Yeah. 95, 2023, yeah, close to 30 years. Close to 30 years. It's been it's been a while. But uh that that game stuck out to me when I looked at this game. Um uh, you know, special teams mistakes. The Cowboys, keep this in mind, Cowboys only had like 260 yards of offense. Yeah, like it, you know, the Giants had the you know, the Giants were turned dropped, put the ball on the ground left and right, couldn't make a, you know, you know, even Graham could no miss the field goal and Giants just basically said, here, you know, take your opening week uh, victory and just kick our ass. And that's what the Cowboys did. Uh, the Bengals, again, the Browns played them tough all the time. The weather was horrible. Um, I, I can't put nothing into that. I, I put zero in stock into that game whatsoever. Zero. Zero. I, I just don't. Uh, because the Bengals, I've seen the Bengals struggle early. Saw them struggle early last season. They know what it takes as a veteran team. And remember, here's the thing about remember about the Bengals. This is a huge year for the Bengals because this is the last year before Joe Burrow's record contract extension kicks in. Uh, he has an extension that will kick in really next year. This year, he's only 19 million against the salary cap, which you know it, for Joe that's pennies on the dollar for Joe Burrow. And if you if your quarterback is, is making 19 million dollars, you should have plenty of money to spend elsewhere. Uh, next year that jumps to twenty nine, and then the, the, the year following that you get to like the the forties. So they have one year to get to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl before they have to start letting some guys go or making some tough decisions on who they're going to pay. Uh, that's the bottom line. The bottom line, and we I've talked to talked we me and Rob Seth have extensively talked about this. They got like they're gonna they're not gonna be able to keep all those receivers. That's just, I mean, Higgins and all Chase, they're not going to be up, they'll keep all of them. They got to get rid of somebody at some point, not this year, but in the future. But I, I expect uh, the Bengals will be fine. I'm not worried. I'm not concerned about the Bengals at all. They'll be in the playoffs, and they will be a tough out once they get there. And the Chiefs had, you know, their second and third best players out the game. We're talking about, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football all time. Great. Chris Jones last year was the best interior line defensive lineman in football. He was even better than Aaron Donald was last year. You're talking probably two of the top 15 players in all of football. So good win for Detroit. Um, but I can't again. I can't. Uh, I can't put. I don't put. I put no stock in that. That the Kansas City Detroit game. None. Zero. Just like that's not where can't. This is not. That's not even. That's not even the Chiefs. Like that team is not even the Chiefs, and they still could have won the game. But that 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 team is not. That's not going to be who we see over the course of the next uh, 16, 16 to seventeen weeks. So 
don't overreact to uh week one. Just don't. It's still pre it is definitely still preseason. Um you know, the a lot of quarterbacks don't even play a preseason. I think eight quarterbacks didn't even take one snap. Offensive line is kind of behind as far as, you know, you'll see a lot of sacks. You'll see some turnovers, some mistakes. You saw some block punt. You saw some special teams mistakes and with kickoffs and punt returns for touchdowns. So that's, you're going to see a lot of that stuff in the first couple of weeks because these teams are still conditioning is going to be an issue. Um, because you know, no one, no one. The preseason is a joke. No one takes the preseason. No one plays in the preseason. It's always starters for the most part. Like yeah, that's just it, you know, the majority of teams. So you you can't. I just can't gauge. Really, again, the first four weeks are kind of like a feel like it'd be like a boxing match, a filling out match. You can't. I can't put too much stock into it. Now, don't you know? Don't start off zero and four, or one and three. You don't want to start off that. But um. These first four weeks are not going to be indicative of how the season is going to go, especially for the teams that are contending teams. Uh, Rob Sett will not be joining us this evening, but guess what? We still have all the thoughts on his Buffalo Bills, and I, I, I have. When I mean, I have all the thoughts. I have all the damn thoughts. Um, first of all, uh, dealing with the obviously the number one story, and as of course Aaron Rodgers is out for the season with the torn Achilles. This was the epitome of an old man injury. When when the tackle happened, I said, "Okay, it looked like a regular sack tackle. I didn't see anything that to me was unusual." Now, obviously, you freeze frame it. You saw, you saw like the leg go, the the ankle or the Achilles go in an awkward position, but even still, it, it took a it took a number, it took literally for so for them to freeze frame and for me to say, okay, I can see how that uh could be an injury, but even not an Achilles. I'm thinking uh ankle two to three weeks he's done that he would be out. I there's no way when I first saw that, you know, when they started talking Achilles, I no, that's a kid no, it can't be an Achilles. Just can't be. And that that is it. That that's you know, that's he's thirty nine years old. That's, that's all it is to it. And, of course, you, you go out there and you make that sign in 10,000 times out of 10,000. But, you know, that is is 39 is 39. Everybody Everybody's not aging like Tom Brady with the whole TV 12 and, you know, the 12 hours of sleep or whatever the hell he does, the, the KO diet and all that shit. Everybody, like, you, 39 is 39. And Aaron Rodgers had a, you know, had a calf issue. Um, he has some, he's had some lower, uh, in, lower leg injuries in the past. He hasn't been injury prone, but he's had, he has, I mean, he's had some knickknacks, uh, with Green Bay, for, uh, for, with, with Green Bay, of course, during, during his, uh, tenure. And he's been in the league for a long fucking time. Like Aaron Rodgers, like Aaron Rodgers came in the league, what, 05? Yeah. He's been, he's been in the league for a while. That's a long time to be playing football. Uh, he became a starter in 2008. I mean, this would have been what his sixteenth year as a starter. I mean, like, like what he's been in the league nineteen years. I mean, yeah, he was in the old five drafts. So, like he's that's a long time to be playing football. It's a long time. A lot of hits, a lot of wear and tear. Again, the the Tom Brady's of the world, the Kyle, the Novak Djokovic of the world, the LeBron James. Those got those, those are aliens. Those guys are when I mean few and far between. They are they are generational, like once in two or three generation three generations type athletes with the endurance, with the stamina, with the uh, sustainability. Like the, the guys don't they don't make athletes like that. 
They just don't. So, you know, you can't, there's no replace. That's the one, that is the one position in football you cannot replace. Uh, you know, they still have an excellent defense. Based, you know, they're well coached. You know, the coach is not going to let them, you know, throw, toss in, throw in the season, of course. But they're not, as far as a Super Bowl contender, that's over. Like that, like that you know, I don't, that's over. Uh, Carson, uh, Colin Kaepernick's agent apparently reached out to the Jets. We know that's not going to happen. You know, he's been blackballed, blackballed forever. He, never, he will never take another step in of a, uh, an NFL game, period. That's that's over. So I don't even, uh, you know, I saw it as, uh, okay, it, it, it looks it looks good, and it would be a great look for him. But we know I, I, we know that's not going to happen. Um, as far as the game goes, um, I thought when Rodgers got hurt that this was, you know, 30 to 10, 35, you know, this this had a mile or maybe even 24 nothing. Like I didn't even think Jets would score. Um, this was a horrible loss for the Buffalo Bills. I want to give the Jets a lot of credit. That was a great character win. One of their best character wins that they've had in a, roughly a decade. Remember, the Jets haven't made the playoffs since 2010. So we're going on 13 years. They haven't been in the playoffs. That was a great character win. And I, at the time, I'm thinking to myself, you know, Rodgers gets back, gets back. This team could be a could possibly be a Super Bowl team behind, you know, this I, I wouldn't have put them on a level of Philly, Kansas City, or uh San Francisco, but they would have been right there as far as a, a fringe contender to win like that in that next tier of teams that could possibly challenge for a Super Bowl. Um that's how good I was feeling about the Jets even after the game. But the polar opposite with the Bills, the Bills have Really, some of the same issues that they had last season. Uh, they don't have the identity offensively. Like I don't, I, they don't have, and it is at this point, it is absolutely inexcusable to be this this far into the McDermott Josh Josh Allen tenure and not have an offensive identity. And I was really thinking, like, what, like, what is the solution? Um, from that standpoint, and I, I. I think it's I think it's pretty clear I think it's pretty cut cut and dry. Either you gotta either Sean McDermott has to bring in a dynamic offensive coordinator and just say, Hey, you got the offense, I'll just focus on the defense, or they need a or they need a whole or they need a new coach. That's an offensive minded coach. Right now, they are too defensive minded for the structure of their franchise right now. And what I mean by that is you like so Leslie Leslie Frazier, of course, is taking a year off. We know Leslie Frazier has been there since 2017. He's been a defensive guy, coordinator. Now the defensive coordinator, assistant head coach. Uh just recently became the assistant head coach the last couple of years. He's been the defensive court defensive coordinator with them since 2017. So that's he's been entrenched with that franchise the last six years. Great defensive coordinator, one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. We know that. You don't need a dynamic defensive coordinator and a defensive head coach. Like, that's overkill, especially when your best player and your most important player and one of the most the best quarterbacks in the league is uh, is on your team. Like, that, it just doesn't make sense. Is it like you you got to have something. you got to have a dynamic next level, either offensive coordinator or a coach or a head coach that is an offensive guy. That's it. That's all there is to it. I mean, that's very simple. Like to me, it's extremely simple in terms of what what needs to happen with them. 
Now, their defense is fine. And yeah, I'm not I'm not concerned about their defense whatsoever. They'll be good. They'll be fine. But that offense looks again, I there's no way with the weapons that they have on that offense that it should look like that. Again, I know the Jet defense is great. it's top five defense. They they have really no weaknesses. But I was just looking at I I don't when I look at the Bills, I don't know what they're trying to I, I just don't know what they're trying to do. And it's almost like they don't it's almost like they don't know how to use Josh Allen. Like it really, it really is like it's almost like they like you have this dynamic weapon, but you you still yet don't know how to use him. Josh Allen came what in the twenty you know twenty eighteen draft. He's been in the league now for a minute. Is it like this is what year six for Josh Allen? This is six year for this is six year. It was in twenty eighteen draft. Um it, it shouldn't look like this by the by the stand for uh by uh in year six. Like why are we still talking about Josh Allen being reckless? Like that shit that should have been just cleaned up, you know, years ago. So I don't know again. They have to uh they gotta get a dynamic offensive guy and they have to get a they have to get an offensive. Yeah, he was in the two thousand the seventh pick in the two thousand eighteen draft. So yeah, they have to get, you know, they they have to get an offensive guy in there. Period. It's all it's all there is to it. There's no two ways about it. Um, because now they, again, it it just it it just didn't. It's just something. It's looking like it's like we're not like you got like there's a level of incompetence in that in uh with the with the coaching from an offensive standpoint. It looks incompetent right now. It looks incompetent. And they have, again, they've wasted some good teams in the last couple of years. Again, they've had, they are 30, like 37 and 12 in the last three years. And nothing, and, and really not, don't have shit to show for it. Nothing to show for it whatsoever. Nothing. Uh, again, last year, um, there's been a lot of talk about, in regards to the turnovers, that is coincided with the elbow from last year. Um, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. That I, I those three interceptions he had were just horrible decisions, especially the last two. First one, over it was an overthrow. Okay, you want to chalk it up as a long as a punt? Cool. The last two were just like, what? What are we doing here? Like you again? This is year six. You shouldn't be making those type type of decisions. Like you should. You shouldn't be playing reckless, reckless football at this stage in your career. You shouldn't be. He's, I mean, Josh Allen's played in a lot of big, he's played in a lot of playoff games. He's won a lot of regular season games. They've been an excellent franchise for the last three or four years. Uh, they've been championship near at championship level the last really three years. Uh, it shouldn't look like this at this standpoint. It should. So we'll see what happens. Um, uh, in regards to that, but they they gotta do something with, with that with that structure of their coaching staff uh, from an organizational standpoint. Game of the week, um, Dolphins get by San Diego, thirty six thirty four. This game was a wild game. Um, Miami couldn't stop San Diego from running, and San Diego couldn't stop Miami from throwing the ball all over the place. Uh, Tyreek Hill. And Tua Tagovailoa just did whatever they wanted to do. Tua had 466 yards passing, 
three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill had 215 yards receiving with a couple touchdowns. And if Tua is not concussed, I don't see like I could see 5,000 yards and, you know, 35 to 40 touchdowns. And I could see Ty, Tyreek Hill getting 2,000 yards is on the table for him. Uh, there's nothing you can do with that with, with that speed. Nothing. And remember, they have Jalen Waddle on the other side, um, who is who would be on who probably would be a number one on about seventy percent of of the teams in the league. That's how great dynamic he is. Um, again, I Tua in terms of accuracy, he is one of the, like the five most accurate quarterbacks in the league. Like that, he his accuracy is pinpoint. The last touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill was I don't I'm still I've watched it I don't know how many times I'm still figuring trying to figure out how he got that ball with the coverage being basically right there. I know the the, the defender did see the ball all the way, but he literally was blocking. Tyreek Hill is not six four. Okay, Tyreek Hill is like what six foot five eleven, if that. So again, he threw it basically through you know the smallest of windows, and again they're only at. Three or four core, four, maybe four or five quarterbacks that could make that throw. Possibly, if that, I might be generous, might three to four. Uh, if that, um, I like they're gonna score a lot of points, they're gonna be in a lot of wild games. I don't think they're, I, I think they would have probably have to make a trade defensively to be for me to take them serious as a Super Bowl contender because San Diego did just run the ball down their throats. And we know San Diego has a top offensive line. San Diego has a lot of weapons uh, offensively as well. But uh, you can't, you know, you're not winning at a Super Bowl level if you can't stop the run. We, are, we know this at a high, at a relatively high level. But Miami is going to be a problem offensively. I don't, again, they, that, that wide receiver tandem is just, is deadly. And again, if Tua is healthy, and that's a big if, he's been, had concussion issues, over the course of his career, remember last year, I thought he shouldn't even finish the season, what he did. So he's always one hit away, literally one hit away from, you know, from being out of there from a standpoint with that, with that concussion history. That's something that's certainly to keep in mind. But they're going to score a lot of points, and they're going to be um, – they're going to be in a lot of wild games, a lot of 30, 35, 31, you know, a couple of 40-point games. They're going to be an exciting football team. Uh, to watch over the course of this year. And listen, the Chargers are the Chargers. Um, you know, Brandon Stanley is on the clock. Like, they – you can't waste these years. Justin Herbert, especially with this, his extension, is going to be kicking in soon uh, next year as well. This is really like a similar to Joe Burrow. So it be the last year you'll be able to get away with paying him, you know, at a regular quarterback salary without – then his his contract will skyrocket, and you're going to start losing some players and making some tough decisions, just like Cincinnati will be. So uh, this is a this is a huge year for Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a big year for the Chargers. The Chargers have to not only get to the playoffs; they have to actually win a playoff game for me to justify Brandon Staley keeping his job as that head coach. This is to be perfectly honest, which they probably have to even get to the the, the AFC title game. And it doesn't I mean, making the playoffs is not. You know, with, with the extra round, the extra, the extra spot, making the playoffs is not is not big. It's not what it doesn't mean what it used to mean. I mean, let's let's just keep it a buck, a buck. Uh, it's not just enough just to make the playoffs. Marquee games. Uh, I very much enjoyed this game. 
of course, a a uh, a replay of, of of a couple of Super Bowls going by. Um, in terms of Super Bowl thirty nine, of course, the, in which New England won, and of course, Super Bowl a couple of years back, in which Philly Philadelphia got their revenge. Nick Falls, a Philly special that that whole that you know the whole nine with that. Um, sixteen nothing before you know you you know went to the fridge, and next thing you know, Philadelphia was in a dog fight. Uh, Philadelphia only scored nine points after that first quarter, and. They were held to three field goals. Uh, it was a that was a dominant, great defensive performance by New England. Uh, Bill Belichick was in his bag. Um, Jalen Hurts really had no place, nowhere to go running wise. He had limited options, even throwing the ball. They have dynamic receivers. We know with Devontae Smith and of course AJ Brown, and they have a good tight end as well. And they again one of the top offensive lines in football. Again, they kept everything in front of them. Uh, they kept Jalen. They made Jalen uh, Hurts uh, a pocket passer. Um, they made him be patient. They held him in check in terms of rushing. I think he only had like thirty-seven yards rushing. Didn't give up any big runs. I know he had a couple third-down conversions, but for the most part, he didn't have that that devastating run that breaks your back. Um, I'm not listen. New England on the road. You win the game on the road. You don't you don't throw those back. I I'm not gonna go all of a sudden all of a sudden think that there's a formula to defend Philadelphia with. Keep this in mind, and it was mentioned in the broadcast, and it was a great point. You have the you basically have the entire offseason to prepare for your week one opponent in terms of preparation. And it's still Bill Belichick from a preparation standpoint. He's still a defensive genius. He's still, you know, a six time Super Bowl champion. Who knows how? Who, who had a history of defending, you know, running quarterbacks and what have you? So, give Belichick his credit. Uh, Judon is going to have a big year. He's going to be in conversation for defensive player of the year. But I'm not. I'm not overreacting to how good people think the league is going to be, or Philadelphia has Philadelphia come back to the rest of the pack from that standpoint. And I was, and so I'm not going. I'm going like again. They got the win. Um, I give Hurts actually, you know, a lot of credit being as patient as he was, considering we've seen Bill Belichick, you know, have get quarterbacks to make just horrendous mistakes in terms of throwing the ball. Now, yeah, had had the fumble that was inexcusable. You can't have a fourth quarter fumble when you're trying to put the game away. But in terms of throwing the ball, he took the check downs. He took what the defense gave him. Didn't try to go for too much. Did not get impatient at all by trying. It's very easy, easy to get frustrated with a Bill Belichick defense when you're not making big plays down the field. This is a big play offense. They like to take their shots down the field, and they were just they just were not there. They just absolutely were not there. And give doing this defense a, a ton of credit. Offensively, again, I don't you know Mac Jones is a solid quarterback. I don't think Mac Jones is is going to be the guy that leads you anywhere. So, no, again, New England's defense will be very good. I think they have legit top ten defense, but they, I, I don't, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not drinking the New England Kool Aid as far as they'll be. A, listen, they'll be a fringe playoff team. They'll be in the mix in the playoff for the playoffs. That last playoff spot, they're not a threat to win that division though. Like they're not as good as they're not like they're they're not as good as the Jets or forget about the Jets. Let me put put the Jets aside. They're not as good as Miami. It's not they're not as good as uh definitely not as good as Buffalo either. So I I I think New England will be in that 
seven to ten to if everything breaks right, nine to eight, nine and eight range. And which nine and eight may be good enough to get you that last playoff spot. They'll be right there from that standpoint. Philly again, Philly is still one of the three best teams in all football. Period. And give Lincoln credit for holding Philadelphia under 100 yards rushing, held him to 97. So give him a lot of credit from that standpoint. Again, it was a great defensive performance by the New England Patriots. No two ways about it. Stock up, stock down, stock up. Uh, Jordan Love opens his career as a starter for the Green Bay Packers. Impressive win over the Chicago Bears, 38-20. to 20. Came out, made some plays, had three touchdown passes. Looked... Um, very poised. Uh, again, he's been sitting for three years behind an all-time great Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, again, it's one of those things where you know, you know, you're not. I'm not gonna go too crazy about. But again, this is a very against on the road against a rival, uh, a historic rival. Um, I, I Chicago is, is Chicago is Chicago. Like they're gonna get Justin Fields killed. They you talk about not having a philosophy as far as obviously we we mentioned that with Buffalo Chicago I still don't know I you know Chicago I don't know what Chicago is trying to do as well like I, I don't you know I, I don't I don't get it um, to me not much has changed from last year uh, in watching this game uh, so I, I I don't see any I don't I don't see Chicago as forget about threat to win a division, but I I have zero faith for Chicago. But again, if you're green, listen, Green Bay has had a history. They look, they, you know, far Rogers, now Jordan Love. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see with Jordan Love uh, again. Uh, he he had some moments last season, a couple moments. Uh, last season, um, actually played well in the Philadelphia game. Um. So you know we'll, we'll we'll see what happens with him. Um, I'm not ready to say that this guy is a is going to be the next franchise quarterback. I forget about comparing him to the, the two previous Hall of Famers. I'm just saying I'm not saying ready to say he's going to be even a ten year starter. But um, he looked impressive on Sunday. He looked poised on Sunday, and they still have some weapons offensively. You know, they you know if you're Green Bay, you want to play off your offensive line, you want to play off the running game. You still have an excellent running tandem jump with Jones and Dylan, and a, above a above average, uh, slightly above average offensive line. So you're gonna play off that. I'm not in love with the receivers, the, the weapons. I'm not in love. They'll get Watson back. They'll help. Uh, but he sat three years, and they you know. Took him for they took him obviously took him for the first round in the first round for a reason. So a good, you know, a good uh start to the Jordan Love era in Green Bay. Not so much for the Sean Payton era in Denver. Um so Sean Payton had an interesting, interesting offseason or summer. Uh he did a lot of talking. He basically shit on Nathaniel Hackett, said it was one of the worst coaching jobs he's ever seen. The previous Denver coach. He calls out Russell Wilson publicly uh for one to be this model citizen as far as being as far as his image. Um they're a lot of talking. They're a lot of talking. And you know, if you're gonna talk the talk, you gotta score more than sixteen points against a horrible against a horrible Raider team, a bad Raider team. Uh they basically it basically looked like the Denver Broncos of last year. Like they had 
under two matter of fact, they at last year at least they averaged over three hundred twenty five yards of offense. This in this game, uh, again the Raider the Raider defense is not any good. In this game, you have you know they had two hundred sixty yards and sixteen points, so it it really looked like a carbon copy of last year. And we know, and listen, we know that outside of Andy Reid, Sean Payton has been the uh, best offensive mind in football over the last 20 years. We know what he did with the Saints and Drew Brees and won the Super Bowl and, and deserves a, deserve a, a ton of credit for uh, revamping that franchise and keeping them in contention for all those years. But, I again, there's no, there's no separating him from Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson's bad, then Sean Payton's bad. Like, there's no separation. Like, Sean Payton, you are – y'all are in cahoots. I don't care if you you inherit him. Y'all are in cahoots. So there's no, hey, you know, Russell's playing like shit. No, if Russell's playing like shit, then you're coaching like shit. That's, that's all there is to it. Like, there's no, like, that you you were brought in to fix or to salvage Russell Wilson. He's brought in to salvage Russell Wilson. And, again, I don't like my coaches doing just – Doing a, lot, a whole lot of barking. It seemed like it was a whole bunch of attention seeking and one that you know basically show him that he's you know the the head the man the, the, the head man in charge. And you, if you're Sean Payton, you are you know you're a Super Bowl winning coach. You really didn't need to just put your head down and go to work. Like you, did you really need to just make these public statements? And there was just some unusual behavior from him in the offseason. Nothing not. Not kind of the type of behavior I want out of my head coach, to be honest with you. Uh, if we're going to call out Russell Wilson, do it in private. And he, again, Russell Wilson, you know, took the parking spots and, the, well, took the office of Russell Wilson, whatever. I mean, Russell Wilson should have, shouldn't have had his own office to begin with. But again, a lot of just ego, look at me type shit. I don't want that from my head coach. I don't. I don't want, I want my head coach to, you know, go to the, do the press conferences, answer questions from that standpoint. Handle his business and keep it moving. I I don't need my head coach to be in the spotlight or to draw atten- unnecessary attention to himself. Over in the week, uh, I would say the 49ers. Um, they look like the most complete team in football from top to bottom. Purdy is back. We know that they're going to run the ball. We know that there's not a more physical team in football than the 49ers on both sides of the ball, offensive line, defensive line. They like they have one. We know that they have one of the best defenses in the league. Um. You know, Nick Bosa is who he is. They, you know, they have, they have no weaknesses defensively. The question again coming to the season was was Brock Purdy, and Brock Purdy answered those questions on the road in a hostile environment, and they kicked the shit out of Pittsburgh physically. It wasn't even close as thirty to seven. Like it really wasn't even that close. To be perfectly honest with you, and again, this is a big year for San Francisco. Um, Brock Purdy again basically left off where he picked up where he left off. For the injury against the Eagles, I again, I'm not going to say that they would have won that game against the Philadelphia Eagles because that'd be kind of that'd be would be disrespectful to the Eagles and what they accomplished uh, in going 16 and four last year. But um, San Francisco is loaded. They're, I mean, absolutely loaded. That is a physical football team. Their game can travel. Anywhere they can play, they can travel anywhere. It doesn't matter rain, sleet, snow, hail, it doesn't matter. They have a game that can travel anywhere, and they're going to be up, they're going to be a monster to deal with. They are clearly the class of that division. And I, I think 
frankly the class of the uh of the NFC, to be honest with you. I really do. I really believe that. Even over even over Philadelphia by 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 nose. But it's you know, it's it's a flip of a coin between San Francisco and Philadelphia. But that that team is is just the the brand of physicality that they bring. They you know, people don't push around Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, you know, despite Pittsburgh is not as talented as they once were. We know with the quarterback situation, but they but they are still Pittsburgh physically. Like, you, you still don't see people pushing Pittsburgh around. They punk Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. You know, and uh, Tom said we got kicked in the teeth. He's absolutely right. And you, I, when this matchup came about, and I looked at it really on Sunday, I was like, ooh, this is. Yeah, I'm trying to think of you know that quarterback. They got a second year quarterback against that defense. It's like, eh, eh, pick it, pick it against that defense. Like, uh, eh. this was this could it, it could get ugly. It could it absolutely did. So horrible matchup for Pittsburgh. Get it's week one. You get it out the way and, and you move on. Move on uh, about your business. 49ers had the Rams this week. Uh, so they always have some interesting games. They've absolutely absolutely owned the Rams over the last. Uh, four or five years, so we'll see what happens with that. But that was the best looking football team all week that I saw. Uh, again, from top to bottom, it was disappointment. Um, again, I'm not overreacting, but you know, you get you lose twenty four to three. I know the weather was bad, but you, you got to manufacture more than you know one hundred and forty two yards and eighty two yards passing against Cleveland Browns. I'm sorry, like that. That was it was a pathetic performance by Cincinnati. Uh, and then Cleveland didn't even play great. It's not like Deshaun Washington set the world on fire. They ran the ball, which is you know, which is something that they're gonna do. Uh, their defense played obviously. Their defense, uh, Cleveland's defense played well, but Cincinnati just came out flat as a pancake. And and in the division, like you can't come out that flat in a divisional game. There's one thing you're playing a non-conference game against a bad team. I can kind of understand it, but that's you know that's you know, that's battle of all Ohio. That's a team that. You really should have a chip. You really should have came in the game with a chip on your shoulder, considering how well they've played against you. Like I, I want to see Cincinnati a little, a little bit immaturity as far as a team that, but in terms of wanting to contend for a Super Bowl, we talked about Buffalo, and they showed a, Buffalo showed a lot of immaturity and not having the look of a Super Bowl team. But and then again, this then Cincinnati was not Cincinnati's loss is not worse as, as bad as Buffalo because Buffalo, uh, the Jets lost their starting quarterback. Uh, you know, who will be in the Hall of Fame someday? But you can't. I, I don't. You can't come out flat opening day. Uh, in a division against that against the Cleveland Browns, you just can't do it. Uh, so horrible performance for the uh Cincinnati Bengals. Begin like I said earlier in the podcast, they'll be fine. Week two preview. Uh, Ravens Bengals expect a. Big performance. They're on one. They're at home. I expect a huge performance from the Bengals. Complete uh, against the Ravens. I really, I expect a big time performance. Ravens did what they had to do against Houston. I'm not. Yeah, it's Houston rookie quarterback. I yeah, what you know, twenty five nine. Okay, it it wasn't spectacular, but it is a workman like, and they did what they had to do. Uh, I I I fully expect Cincinnati to win this game. Like I almost would be borderline surprised if they didn't win this game at home. Uh, Burrow has had some big games against the Ravens over the course of his career, but um, yeah, zero one on at home. This has all the makings of, of, of a Bengal victory. I'm not saying it's gonna be a blowout, but uh, hard for me to see the Bengals losing this game. Dolphins Patriots should be interesting. Uh, for me, just I want to see what Belichick 
has in line has in store for that for that offense, which is is just that passing attack, which is as lethal as, as there is in the league right now. So that's a fascinating matchup. Otherwise, week two is a bunch of duds, to be honest with you. Uh, San Francisco Rams. Uh, if you all you know going crazy over the Rams beat Seattle, which I'm not. Eh. Yeah, a lot, a lot. There are some bad games in week two, to be honest, to be honest, honest with you. So nothing to really go crazy about uh, in this week two, uh, this third weekend in uh, September. Finally, we'll end with some real thoughts. Uh, as far as the U.S. Open goes, um, Coco Golf and Djokovic are your champions. Uh, it's gotten to a point to where with Djokovic after the 24th major, where we really have to start having a conversation about him being the greatest athlete possibly in the history of in the, of the history of individual sports like that. It has to be a conversation right now. So that would be like golf, uh, golf, tennis, and uh, I guess, you know, track and field. We include track and field in that as well. Or by in boxing. Um, yeah, so in boxing. But he's in that conversation. Again, I don't know how you gauge, you know, obviously tennis players versus boxers. And go, like, you know, this apples and oranges as far as the championships, but to be as dominant in Djokovic is not a spring chicken. He's 30, what, 36 years old. If not 37, I think he's 36. He won three majors this year. And there's no, like, you know, you got Medvedev is okay. Uh, they got it's a couple of Americans that are coming. I really wanted to see him at Alvarez again because they had a great summer with, between Wimbledon and Cincinnati. So Alvarez, of course, lost to Medvedev in the semis, which was, I was shocked. So I really wanted to see Djokovic against Alvarez. That would have been a classic way, a great way to cap off the the, uh, the tennis year, as this, of course, is the last major until Australia. But uh, right now, I don't see any end in sight as far as him just continue to win majors big and again I know he's not the easiest to root for but I I mean it is 24 majors 24 majors and again at a certain point when you as has been have been as dominant as he has been for the basically the since you know 2011 that was his first signature season now it is 2023 he's gonna be 2024 this is like 13 years of just utter dominance at a sport where most guys are done at 30 you know I know you have it's with technology and modern medicine, the guys are, we saw with Federer and then all the guys are playing to their 30s, but not for the most part. Uh, he's, you know, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, this guy's an alien. He's an alien. He's conditioning his mental. He's as tough as the, the toughest, the toughest player mentally, I think, ever. Uh, I goes without saying. Uh, I think Federer is more talented, uh, but I think mentally there's no, there's never been a player as tough as Djokovic. And again, I don't see this stopping anytime soon. Uh, as far as Coco Golf goes, uh, that's 19 years old. Uh, you obviously have to be impressed. You know, getting to your getting to a, a final, uh, a major final, and being down six two when there's only best of th- best of three sets. You know, I've seen many of champ. I've seen many of of of, of, of players fold up and just quit. And get rolled in straight sets. Um, she comes back, wins the last two sets relatively e- easily, and now you have a situation where if Naomi Osaka can come back and get to where she was once was, that could be 
that could be a legitimately like 10 year war between those two. Like it really like that because golf is here right now. She's here. We know Osaka uh, when she's locked in. And you know, I know she had issues, some some issues in terms of, you know, with depression and, and mental, you know, mental, not mental illness, but you know, some issues from that standpoint. Uh, from that standpoint, of dealing, of dealing with just like just being a, a professional athlete and everything that comes with it. But when she's right, uh, she's probably as talented as the a player as there is. I know she just had a baby, so you have that going on. But I, that that has a potential to be. A, a next level and all time great rivalry. It really does. If it ever ha- if, if it ever comes about, that's gonna wrap it up. Uh, I'm gonna say so before I leave. I'm gonna say the Jim Trotter stuff for next week. I need to I'm gonna, I need to flush it out and give it its proper just do. Uh, the NFL, of course, should be embarrassed that we know the NFL is a joke. So for that, I hope he, of course, we hope I hope that he wins the lawsuit. Um, because it was just absolutely inexcusable. Um, how the NFL treats minorities in all aspects, not just on the field, but off the field, in the media. It's just a disgrace. And I'm glad, I'm glad that he, you know, called them out for what they are. I really am. So shout out to him from that standpoint. And I will flush that story out and we will discuss it next week. That's going to wrap it up for this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. Season 16 is off and running. Got some great stuff um, for you coming up. Um, we will again do the snowfall season two episode four this weekend. Also, we have another edition, special Hall of Fame edition of the Wire. I'm doing the see the series finale. That's not going to be coming up this weekend. We're going to do that. We're going to say that for probably late, like the end of the month before September is over. Uh, so that I definitely will be doing that, and some surprise interviews are, are coming up this uh, this fall. So stay tuned for the latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. Have a great rest of your evening. So long.